0: Welcome to the first episode of Pot of the Valkyries. Um, you are here with Ina Stepman, um, Amy Therese, and Peachy Keenan. Um, Amy, why, why don't you start off our, our introductions here? Hi, um, I'm Amy
1: Therese. Um, I'm a podcaster, I guess, from Sydney, Australia. Um, I think most people are, will already know me from what's left. Um, yeah, that's about it's battle. <laughs> <laughs> I never know what
2: to say in these type of things. That's good. And I'm Peachy Keenan. You may know me from Twitter and from things I write on the internet for the American Mind and the Federalist and um, my new book, Domestic Extremist. And um and let me introduce Inez Stepman. She'll tell you, tell us all about herself.
0: Um, I like how all three of us are bad at talking about ourselves. I feel like that's <laughs> that's a good sign for this podcast. Also, I feel like podcaster is the new I'm writing the next great American novel, you <laughs> that's know, right. as a profession. <laughs> <That's right>. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, as I stephen and I, I work for an outfit called independent women's forum that allows me to do things like podcasting with, with these ladies. So I'm very grateful for that. But uh, we, we all met on Twitter um, and it's, it's a That's real right. story of how Twitter can, can actually make friends for you, which is a sweet story about Twitter amongst so many uh, people who are down on, on that format. Um, but we're, we're going to start off our podcast and, and this evening by talking about, the Barbie movie, um, uh, which only one of us has seen, so I'm going to kick it to Peachy to give her review and then we'll talk about it.
2: Okay, thank you, Inez. Well, I first wanted to say, you know, yes, I was going to say thank you, Elon, for you know, Twitter for giving us back Twitter so ladies like us can hang out and 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 post, but Amy is currently banned <laughs> again, 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 like how many have-
1: times. I'd had how many months, six or seven
2: months, without being banned. <laughs> it was too much. Right. They had to, you were too power. You're too powerful. Look, too I mean, Peachy P- 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 K- Keenan is like my third or fourth Twitter account. Okay. So I've, you know, I've been there. <laughs> 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 they created a monster when they kept banning me. <laughs> Here I am now.
1: Same, same. I'm committed to like never leaving. <laughs> now I'm like i Get i feel ashamed
0: in. that i've never been banned from twitter at this point um <laughs> well, maybe if we, I, I always every time amy gets banned i try to repost whatever it is she got banned for you know and oh yes yeah, she, she had banned. to back me up to be like yeah. this is normal
1: well i don't know what you my, got banned
0: for this time amy
1: Oh, I made, I had just said something vague, but it was, yeah, I I can't even be bothered going into it. If
2: we do our job right, if we do our job right with this podcast, we will all soon be banned, including Inez. (laughs) (laughs) Ideally. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to hold back. We're dreaming big. We're dreaming big. (laughs) Cancellation. Imminent cancellation for all three of us. But you know, no. That's the goal here. Yeah. i started strong. I keep the ground running. (laughs) No, I think America needs us. Australia needs us. The world needs us. That's why we're doing this podcast. We are the Valkyries riding to the rescue. Okay that's how i think of it you know that's and right that's we want
1: to give permission yeah. to everyone that's else
2: right. to be just as troublesome as we are <laughs> right should. troublesome what are the what are the liberals the left the, the marxists say good trouble you know good um, trouble yeah I guess. good trouble um as they like burn down <laughs> western civilization so yeah so speaking of good trouble I did have to see the Barbie movie this morning here in Los Angeles, California, where I'm based and where the movie is actually set, and a lot of it actually takes place, like right in my husband's, <laughs> where he works. <laughs> so really? it's so funny. Uh, so many of the locations are like where I go all the time. Um, okay, so here's what I said, just really quick. I'm just going to set up the Barbie discussion, then we can go around. You don't, you don't have to have seen it. You guys know enough about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so Greta Gerwig wants to subvert the, you know, Barbie, uh, symbol as this sort of like quintessential American girl, you know, she's blonde, she's skinny, she's athletic, she's happy. She's got a loyal boyfriend, mid. you know, <laughs> sorry, I <couldn't> help it. <laughs> Barbie, Barbie herself is not mid and that's why the feminists are so triggered by the actual doll. Cause she was so cute, you know? And um, Barbie is always happy. She doesn't have anxiety. She's not on, you know, Klonopin or Xanax or whatever. Um, just have anxiety. Barbie's never had a, never had an abortion. Never had a, <laughs> is a virgin. Right. So I she see this movie. Really impressed. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so impressed. And she's always tan. You know, she's like the quintessential California girl. So I see the movie and I've already been like on TV now twice, like on Fox, like talking about Barbie because one of the Barbies is a trans woman. OK, this like uh, runway model, Harry Neff, who's like an Israeli man who is now a quote woman. And um, what? so Wait, yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Yes. One of the Barbies, the female Barbies, all about women. It's all about women and women empowerment. Women's rights is a man. OK, who has her own dream house, like full Barbie. She's Dr. Barbie. Each of the Barbies in the movie has a job. There's President Barbie, the like, you know, kind of like young Michelle Obama lookalike. She's the president. There's like nine pink, pink wearing uh, Barbie Supreme Court justices. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a democratic <laughs> republic. It's all about the <laughs> Barbie constitution and the Supreme Court. Like really, like actually. And there's Barbies of every creed and color. There's like a very, like a very obese Barbie. There Barbie deep state. like it is a Barbie deep state. There's an obese Barbie. And then there's, you know, Ken, the like other blonde Barbie, but every other Barbie is like black or Asian or whatever. And you know, the, the, the white (laughs) heteronormative Barbies are like the bad. He's like, that's the bad guy. So I knew the Barbie would be, you know, Greta Gerwig is like this woke feminist screenwriter. She's funny. She's talented. She's smart, but I knew what it would be going in. But I have to say that, unfortunately, I'm very sad to report that Barbie is not only super entertaining. Okay, it is very entertaining. People were laughing out loud in the theater this morning. There are jokes that actually hit. Like it was, it was actually in some some like I say three to four moments that are actually funny that I was laughing because they're like pop culture references that are funny, jokes about like you know our modern day lives that are funny that you don't you don't get comedy anymore, you know, served up to you. Where are you gonna get these kind of jokes that aren't really political? They're just like funny. And so and so I left feeling so blackpilled. And did we lose Inez? Nope, nope, I mean Oh, you're here. Okay, good. Your your little bar on the computer went went dark. Okay. Thank goodness Inez is still here. She survived so far my rant. So I left feeling so blackpilled that the you know the it is the most fe- entertaining. It is so ultra feminist. It is so anti man. It really is. Like Matt Gates, his wife Ginger Gates, ranted about this. She's like kind of like totally right. <laughs> Sorry to report this. Uh, every male character, the human male characters, the 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 Barbie, the the Ken characters, are all literally all of them like sub mentally retarded. You know. Awful, uh, <laughs> and all the Barbies are so enlightened and so smart and so great. It's like so crazy. <laughs> and I didn't think it would be that overtly feminist, and it really was. It really is. It truly is. And I left feeling so blackpilled that oh gosh, like we have nothing to compete with this. Fourteen year old girl, my fourteen year old daughter is dying to see it. She doesn't know I've seen it. I couldn't tell her. Okay, she. Like if she ever, hear, if she hears me talking in the next room, she'll be mad because she wants to see it. And I guarantee you that her and all her friends, even though they're like trad or whatever, they will love it. Okay. We have, we have nothing. We have no response. How do we even begin to fight back? Like ha, what argument can I make? That's like more fun, more appealing, you know, than being a hot Barbie out in the world. You know what I mean? Like there's like, nothing I can
0: say. You're saying that this movie revives the girl boss that we thought was dead like i i really thought that entire trope was getting stale even in the mainstream but what you're saying is this movie is going to make it look cool again it's
2: going to make individual women rejecting men as even as romantic prospects as colleagues as friends as husbands it's literally the old, you know, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle. And that's true for every woman in this movie. The Barbie character, the the human mom that she kind of like meets, who had, has a 14-year-old daughter who's my daughter's age. Um, All of them. And the, the mom is like belittling her, her dumb husband who's like a retard, you know. <laughs> in, in every instance, it's we don't need men, ladies. It's all us. Like every moment is like that. And I'm like, honestly, I'm shook by this movie. I am, I cried at the end. It was so manip- manipulative. And um yeah, there's, we have no defense. Uh, like teenage girls have no defense. This movie in the movie, the daughter at one point says to Barbie, you Barbie dolls have set the feminist movement back 50 years. Barbie, you're a fascist. Okay. She says this to the Barbie wait she calls barbie a fascist she literally says barbie like in the real world barbie you're a fascist fascist is the word she uses so funny and barbie cries it's gone gone full
1: mainstream like the the fascist accusations are just in movies now casually absolutely
2: that's amazing oh my god No, it's unbelievable and um yeah i'm just i'm i'm worried like i'm like oh we lost we lost like, okay, wow. I have a question <laughs> to put this to put this into a little bit of context
1: that may make you like a little less black-filled. <laughs> do you recall seeing Legally Blonde?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, oh yeah, I look back upon that fondly now, and it seems like not feminist at all. But I wonder whether our peers back then sort of looked at that as like in a similar manner. What do you think?
2: I don't know. That was like the 90s. I so... know. And the thing is, she was a bimbo, but she like yeah. scored per- perfect L sets. Yeah. You know, and yeah. was going after her man, but then learned her lessons. So I think, I don't and know. And her I man was, was, was an idiot
1: too, though. Like so many right. of the similar things, but 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 it was okay in the end. Like it didn't, do you know what I mean?
0: I think I we're in a different world. Is whether, whether the aesthetics will triumph over the message. Yes, they will. That's the thing. No, but what I'm saying is, like, what Amy is, I think, alluding to is that actually all teens might remember is the fun feminine aesthetic of this. And I say this as someone who does not like hot pink, but, um, you know, maybe all they'll remember is the fascist blonde pink aesthetic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs)
2: <laughs>
1: maybe they're bringing sexy back and that's all they take
2: from it. Right. M- maybe that's it. Maybe it's just, yeah, Barbie is fit and sort of slim and has really gray hair and cute outfits and short skirts and high heels.
1: Yeah, it's and- Brandy Melville fascism. The good
2: kind. <laughs> has Barbie ever listened to Red Scare? Maybe we have to, you know. Um, But the there's a whole... Okay, so I'm going to have a spoiler on the movie. Do you guys mind if I spoil the end? Go for it, baby. Go for it. I'm not Vines. watching that movie. I'm not watching that movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, spoil so right ahead. Like, <laughs> here's the, like, weird, weird kind of, like, I think the meta story is really, like, it's so trite, but I think it is, like, an abortion thing, like, a you know, reproductive health care thing oh. going on.
0: Because okay. the very
2: beginning... In the very beginning, there's like this kind of intro where like these, it's like a parody of 2001: A Space Odyssey. This little girls, dressed like miserable, dirty orphan annies, and they're playing with their Barbie dolls. And Helen Mirren, via is like, use it, you know. For many years, old, the only dolls girls had were baby dolls, and they were forced to take care of these baby dolls. And it's like girls, grimly, you know, depressed, like ironing the doll, the baby doll's clothes, and feeding the baby doll. They're they're so burdened by their awful babies. Right. And this um, Barbie, the giant Barbie doll appears, um, the original Barbie doll in the bathing suit as like the monolith from 2001, and the girls like freak out, and they start just bash their baby dolls to the ground, and then they throw their they just kill the baby, they kill their babies literally <laughs> in favor of Barbie, like who's like the sexy glam you know doll that they want in- instead. Okay, so then number two. When they when 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 Barbie and Ken get to the real world, they rollerblade. You rollerblade from the Barbie world to the real world. That's how you get there. And they're bar, they're rollerblading down Venice Venice, the Venice Boardwalk here in L.A. By the way, in the movie, there's no homeless guys. Like Venice Boardwalk these days is like tents, junkies, crime. All they see are like white, clean cut frat boys catcalling at Barbie. I'm like, I would love if that was That's all that hot. there was. Yeah. yeah, if that's all that there was in Venice Boardwalk, great. It's all junkies, okay? Like, disgusting so what you're things. Saying, yeah, right. The
0: real world is actually the fake Barbie world where.
2: Yeah, all these like clean cut young, like, frat UCLA frat bo- boys are like, hey, hey, hi, hey, Blondie. You know, I'm like, I wish they were there. <laughs> I don't get like stabbed to death by a fentanyl junkie. <laughs> she 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 goes over like a bunch of construction workers okay like and they're like white fat construction workers and she's like oh hi i'm barbie and i don't have a vagina and this is ken and he doesn't have a penis we have Wait, no genitals she said this is this is the this is yes this is the word she uses What i don't have a i don't have a vagina ken here doesn't have a penis we have no genitals and, the, what the fu- and the construction- Wait, this is said in the actual film. You're this not is in the movie. Yes. This is what? not for children. This is verbatim verbatim. And Ken then goes, no, I have all my genitals. Like he doesn't even know what that word means, you know? And so at the end of the movie, she decides that she, that this is not even set up, but the ghost of Ruth handler, who is Barbie's, the inventor of Barbie, you know, she's dead, but her ghost comes back and like, the, like Pinocchio, it's like a Pinocchio ending. She makes Barbie a real woman. Barbie's like, I just want to go where the people are, you know, Little Mermaid. Like, it's like all that. And Ruth was oh, yeah. like, okay, you're human now. And cut to Barbie in Santa Monica, in LA, not in pink. She's wearing her Birkenstocks, okay, because she chose the real world versus the high heel. And she walks into this office, okay, and she goes to the receptionist. This is the very end of the movie. This is the last line of the movie. And the receptionist's like, oh, hi, who are you here to see? And Barbie says, my gynecologist. And credits. That's it. What? <laughs> Barbie now has a vagina. And she's going. It ends with her at the doctor getting ready to get whatever birth control or whatever she needs to get um, on I'm Tinder the- and start boning. I'm driving this? At this point, the way you're describing this, I feel like we should be grateful it doesn't
0: end with Barbie getting an AIDS test. Yeah. Like, like going like into live, porn like like the porn. STD panel. <laughs> Barbie getting prepped. Heading out to the to the valley <laughs> to uh, to film <laughs> a scene. Yeah, yeah. Boogie Nights,
2: yeah. What the boogie fuck? Nights Barbie. <laughs> oh, my God. No, it ends with her at the gynecologist, you know, learning about her sexuality because now Barbie is going to be human and to be a human woman means you are getting in touch and exploring your sexuality that's the message (laughs) (laughs) by the way ken you know has this whole he gets based he like checks out books on masculinity from the library and there's a scene where he he goes to the library and he and honestly i thought he'd pull out like bronze age mindset off the shelf of the library that they granite gerwig is not cool enough to have that there but he, he discovers a thing called the patriarchy. And he goes, oh, my gosh, in the real world, men are in charge. OK, that's what right. when they when they get that's to the right, real Amy. world. <laughs> Absolutely. He sees, I he win. Sees, yeah, right. So his moment <laughs> of realizing this, you guys will love this. <laughs> he He's in an office building. It's like my husband's office building, like literally. And he sees a bunch of businessmen and they're like dismissing their female female employee. Like, not now, Janet. He's like, uh, oh, yeah. And then he yeah, sees a video. Right. There's like a big video monitor playing yeah. like commercials and sports and stuff. And he's looking at it. Okay. Here's what it plays. Okay. It's literally Ken having his like return, like we must return moment. Right. And it's like football, guys playing volleyball, guys high fiving. He sees guys at a gym working out. Like it's that. Like then there's like Marlboro Man commercials. And so uh-huh. Ken's like, oh, wow. Like he's like all the like 80s iconography of like masculinity, <laughs> like are suddenly somehow that's still in play. Like as if that's in play in the real world. <laughs> like what a joke. It's not. And he's like, oh, the patriarchy. And he goes back to Barbie land and he like turns Barbie land into like, you know, Bronze Age mindset, like Handsome Thursday. Like they're all working out, drinking beer, you know, all that. And um, but like as if the real world is a patriarchy like wait what i feel like Like,
1: they're projecting their fantasies they just desperately need men to reassert authority so they keep projecting it everywhere in that way
2: yeah like they're calling out they're crying out for it desperately It's so depressing. I I I, I I'm like I'm like so depressed. If that's
1: what all the handmaids tale fantasies are too. Like please, oh, yeah. daddy, please, yeah. daddy,
2: put in some <laughs> fucking boundaries already. Like that's yeah, I the whole to, thing. Is. Yeah. I mean, it's like I used to call um the handmaid's tale. Fifty Shades of Red. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <Like they're... laughs> absolutely. That's all it is. Absolutely. Yeah, it's like yeah. their domination fantasy. They're, yes, that just
1: escalated every like, every new every uh, like every presidential cycle. It just escalates off and not. Oh my gosh!
2: But we have a big problem on our hands because every girl twelve and up in this country is about to see Barbie and love it. And what is our defense? They can't. You know, they're not going to read my book. Some of them aren't. You know, they we're like the boring, you know, reactionary, like we're, no, we want to keep women in burqas. You know, how do you compete? <laughs> women cry out to be put in burqas.
1: I
0: have a friend who watched this um, and he came away with a, a sort of different cake. And I'm curious what you think, Fiji, because, uh, he basically thought that that 80s iconography of the patriarchy was so appealing that he thought all the I, 13-year-old boys going to it are going to be like i want to be in, in in this world um that it's it's just going to be so appealing that even though the message of the movie is against it that a lot of especially i guess this this might further divide between gen z girls or even younger than gen z and and um and boys like we already see them going in opposite directions politically, like because he said that um, you know, a lot of guys are going to this movie and saying, Hey, wait a minute,
2: <laughs> like that
0: actually sounds pretty awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, I uh, think that Ryan Gosling is going to become a like Baptist um icon because he's literally a gym bro. He becomes a gym bro in the movie. He's like tan, it's like handsome Thursday. He's working out, you know, all his friends are like, they're just it. It, it does embody quote the patriarchy. Oh, you mean masculinity? You mean traditional masculinity? <laughs> you know, and Barbie rejects it. She chooses to remain an incel. And that's that's so sad. Like it, it actually, you're so right, Inez. It totally reinforces the actual dynamic right now between Gen Z men who are more based and Gen Z women who are who are still feminists. But I think what this does ultimately, like,
1: with any of these types of situations is that, like, the the, the natural situation ends up, like, reasserting itself, even through these stupid, like, diverging cultural forms. Do you know what I mean? Like, because they can't stay
2: far apart forever. Yeah, we'll have to see. I don't know. I just feel, I feel like we have to, you know, the right has to have a real answer, culturally, pop culture, a pop culture answer to, you know, what is so appealing to about all this stuff, this lifestyle, the Tinder, really the Tinder lifestyle to young women, the, the Taylor Swift, you know, all of it. Um, you know, and like young men found, found bronze age pervert. They found BAP, they found, you know, Jim bro or whatever. And like, what, you know, what is there for young women to make them besides the trad wife meme, you know, Ugh. and like, what is there besides that to make them um, re-embrace who they are? I don't know.
0: I I do feel like
2: and I, I can already see my role in this
0: in this pod is going to be like the serious one. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm the, I'm the 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 foil, like the serious foil in the everybody <laughs> except for the one person. <laughs> um, no, but I, I I guess I wonder if I really do think we've reached a kind of terminus point of where you have Chris Murphy, like the senator from Connecticut, introducing legislation uh, to create like a Department of Loneliness. Right, um, and how to assuage it? Oh, I goodness. I feel like, it, and <laughs> honestly, that's that's completely retarded, right? But like, oh, but, um, gosh. I feel like it does speak to you know people. I, I don't know. I I do think a lot of the pandemic, um, really a lot of people realized how lonely their lives were, mm-hmm. um, even with the work and the, you know, when, when they, they weren't chatting around uh, in the office or whatever. Um, I think a lot of women, especially, and, and I do think that now I don't know which way this is going to go. Like it could easily go in a totally double down direction, right? Like we're lonely because the patriarchy makes us lonely. You know, um, the purpose of this podcast, this is simple for the patriarchy, I think. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I don't know i, I just i think I, I do think that younger women are looking at the millennial generation especially and the number of women like th- there will be such an outcry of completely pathetic and sad uh like modern love new york times page first person essays from millennial <laughs> women hitting 40 you know what i mean like that is coming and it's going to be like a cultural wave. Mm. And Mm -hmm. I guess the question is whether it prompts a doubling down in the same way that, so the whole me too rape culture thing, right. Was in my view was a doubling down on the sexual revolution when the obvious consequences for the, of the sexual revolution to young women started to be undeniable. They just sort of incorporated it into the narrative and then, You know that basically, like, it's not your fault that you know you you slept with a ton of guys without demanding anything in return, right? It's it's um it's it's that it was actually rape, (laughs) right? Yeah, regretted sex, right? And and so I I yeah, it was a total deflection of responsibility, like blame shifting bullshit. Yeah, totally. Exactly. So I could see it going that direction. I think that's a really good phrase, Amy. uh, The like just totally not taking responsibility but, but i could also see younger women looking at that and what happened to millennials and be and be like i don't want that right yeah, i don't I want, want people
1: the- to learn from I my our mistakes. Yeah. right i want someone to learn from my mistakes. who <laughs> knows i don't it. seem to
2: we we, you know mistakes were made let's just put it that way okay (laughs) not by me (laughs) many mistakes were made Um, oh man this movie just really left me feeling like okay so the final glorified state of Barbie is this this woman with an up-armored uterus who's on they're gonna she's there to like get her depot provera you know long-term birth control in. So she could just get on the apps and experience oh, what it is oh. to be a human woman. Just to be, just be like boning new guys every weekend.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, the yeah, it's like it's so depressing human way possible.
0: Yeah,
2: it's so depressing. I, I, I don't know. I think I, we have to find, this figure can out a way along <laughs> 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 like, to shit. Totally, to be a hole. you're just a hole you're just a hole if you have your hole it's all about Barbie getting her hole her bonus hole that's what I was thinking that there is something kind of trans about it too like because she's not actually a woman she
1: becomes a woman which is something that you get from like a creator individually you go and get it created and added it's not something you're born with it
2: right and here's the other thing there is a woman with genitals in Barbie land does the The Harry Neff, the trans Barbie, does she have a vagina or a neo-vagina or a penis? Like what? What does she have?
1: Is is it that they start out neutral, which is basically like the trans ideal? Is that everyone's like because you know they claim that you're assigned gender at birth, so they want everyone to just be neutral to begin with, and then you choose your
2: gender. And here's the thing. Let me point of order. The Barbie (laughs) doll it's not that she doesn't have a vagina or whatever, that Ken doesn't have a penis. It's that it's a doll for little girls. They're not going to make them anatomically correct. They're wearing little underwear. Is that like, okay? Like why? Like, I don't understand why this like got, you know, became a thing about Barbie that she's there. Ken has no penis. Barbie has no genitals. Did you want a real actual like plastic vagina on your Barbie doll? yes
1: because they think that vaginas are plastic because that's how these people are that these things are all plastic to them
2: because it's all just plastic surgery and nothing's the, real right the dolls come with like yeah. plastic molded underpants because she's not nude and that's a good thing and now we suddenly think oh she has no vagina no you do barbie you idiot it's just in your underpants hello yeah
1: why would we talk why does it why did why is there all this dilemma over a doll's genitals? This is weird. Yeah. Do you so want is your... that the is that the story arc of the whole film? Is basically that Barbie gets a vagina. I mean,
2: kind of. Little Mermaid she... got a voice.
0: Barbie got. <laughs> <it. She had laughs> the little Mermaid. 90s liberalism into the modern. Day. Right. The little oh.
2: Mermaid got a tail. She had a tail. <laughs> she got legs. So I'm assuming there was a vagina came with the legs. Oh my it's God. like, is this, right. And what now, <laughs> and now Greta Gerwig, you know, the writer and director of Barbie, like I said, she's smart. She's a good writer. It's, it's, there's parts that are very funny. Um, So, which makes her a, a real threat. She's also writing the new Disney live action, Snow White, which has the like Antifa multicultural, you know, uh, seven dwarves who are no longer dwarves. <laughs> And so this woman must be stopped, I (laughs) I think, is the answer. I want to live on a farm. (laughs) (laughs) Can't we just have fairy tales? Like, what's wrong? Like, why? What is going on? I'm wondering
0: if one of the consultants on Barbie was Naomi Wolf. Didn't she write a book about
2: her vagina? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And here's the other thing. Why I was so grateful because my seven-year-old was begging to go see this movie because she saw the trailer and she saw there's both posters everywhere in the street. You can't miss it. She's like, I want to go see Barbie. Okay. Here's here's before the movie even started. I was like, oh Lord in heaven, thank goodness I didn't bring her. Because two, two trailers, two of the trailers before the movie, one was called the Persian version about a Persian woman's sexual awakening, had like full lesbian sex scene. Okay. And the second trailer was for the Zendaya movie where she's like a tennis pro and she has a threesome with her like white husband and her white husband's quasi gay lover or something. It's like a, like a gay. Yeah. So these are the two trailers (laughs) I had to sit through. And I was like, they, with bad words, I, I just, you know, because Barbie, the movie is PG 13. This is not for children. It's really not. If you guys go see it, I won't hate on you, but. I, I hope people don't bring their kids. Why is all that happening in the cinema? That sounds pornographic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the director of the Zendaya movie is the guy, Luca Guadino. I don't I can't pronounce his name. He did that movie, the gay movie with Timothy Chalamet, where he had the gay affair with um, um, the, like, blonde, hunky actor who then we found out was, like, a cannibal or something. I forget his name. Oh, yeah, right the english guy yeah is he english i think he's american i think think he's american for a moment isn't
0: there something perverse about creating a movie about barbie which is a famous kid's toy that is inappropriate for children
2: yes inappropriate. and the president the president barbie at one point the like strong black lady she's she calls the ken's she wait there's just strong black ladies the president of barbie what do you mean strong black president like they all have their jobs so president barbie is like the michelle obama oh the, like black girl magic yeah. <laughs> runs the show black girl magic <laughs> <And> she <laughs> says to the ken hold on a second motherfucker i look because and,
0: because it's you peachy i'm taking you at your word that this was well written but it's just, it's so stereotypical. I'm having a hard time believing it.
2: No, there are, what I'm saying is there are moments and little jokes like pop cultural references that I don't even see in movies anymore, which is like the sign of a good writer. Like there's, there are some jokes that hit. That's all I'm going to say. And, um, but no, it's a, it's, 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 it's a, it's a cobbled together bunch of like Barbie takes by different feminists you know it's every take you could dream of on the left on barbie and it's incoherent and the other thing is it ends with barbie crying i want to be human they didn't set that up at all she never expresses a desire to be human she hates the real world she wants to go back to barbie land where she's perfect and the very end literally the last minute and a half is her like suddenly i just want to go where the people are i want to go where the people are like that's how it ends And so no, it's it's you're right, Inez, totally. It's bad overall screenwriting with moments, glimmers of this is a talented comedy writer. But I mean in general, we're I mean, honestly, I walked out feeling like we're screwed. We're screwed. Yeah, to be
0: clear, I'm not I'm not saying that you can't write something witty with a leftist message. Of course you can, and there are some great examples of that. It's just and and this is that is this is what's frustrating to me about the right and and whatever i mean i have no room to talk because i'm not an artist i'm not creating anything right um except with my tweets no you are Um, creative yeah (laughs) yeah that's i'm a poster that's fine no no no. i'm completely joking um no but you know maybe i have no room to talk because because i'm I'm obviously not going to make a movie or you know a beautiful work of art or something but i really do feel like even in the hands of talented people if you don't Allow yourself to think about anything that has, I mean, I guess two elements: one, a connection with real life and real emotions, real human nature, real like something that's true. That the further you get from that, the the more. I mean, the best left wing propaganda is stuff that does connect with an element of something that's true, and then you know, sort of warps it. I'm thinking about something like Slatterhouse Rules, right? Hmm, yeah. it it so but it's become so didactic i feel like there's a huge opportunity there has to be because it it's so rote and so predictable like the black girl magic president that's you know it's so easy to parody because it, it's so predictable and obvious that this is essentially being written by diversity committee you know um that at some point there has to be a huge opportunity for the right but i i just to the point that i do de- like the where i despair is when i see what the right puts out to the extent it puts out anything um mm-hmm. in, in the mainstream it 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 makes me despair i mean there's so much material in clown world right i mean where's the next taxi driver now that our cities are full of mm, psychopaths right yeah i, I think with problem problem so easy to- right for anyone of artistic talent it should be so easy to actually connect with something that's happening in every city in America. Where's Where's the film based on Daniel Penny? You know what I'm saying? That's a great story. Right. Yeah, I think it's kind of
1: also like a lot of what we see, like nobody's actually integrated any of the shadow aspects of what's going on and then actually like process them meaningfully to say, to have anything to say about them. And so what you get is all just these like surface level dreck or they'll just like add a huge layer of like moralistic garbage. But I think some of the most, like the more powerful art is saying something true and the creator has reckoned with something really dark as opposed to just um, given a really like cheap and easy like moralizing layer to it, which is sort of what I felt like some of the stuff in relation to Sound of Freedom was. It was just like, well, yeah, of course we all agree on the moral principle that like underlying is, but to actually do something artistic means to have like reckoned with it in a manner where you're actually getting in touch with like the darker elements of human nature um in a sort of more complicated way than perhaps that was able to do
0: yeah, I mean i I've learned my lesson about opining. <laughs> I am going to say, I need not to
1: open that can of worms. Sorry. Why
2: don't are you recap just, what happened? Recap what happened oh, when you okay. tweeted about I, your movie. I said
0: it was bad because I think it was bad. It actually, yeah, I have I'm no so problem of of that. Movie. I thought it was one-dimensional, cartoonish. The writing was clunky. Um, It also didn't interact with the very real phenomenon of minor trafficking, Right. I I seriously doubt that a large percentage of minors who are trafficked for sex have like wonderful, loving papas um, who are just searching for them around the world and just waiting for somebody to parachute them out. I I think, frankly, uh, not not to repeat my one example of taxi driver, but I'm pretty sure that's a more realistic depiction, not that I'm intimately familiar with how this industry works, but. I'm pretty sure the 14 year old prostitute and taxi driver is a more realistic depiction of this. These are, you know, so like it didn't ring true to me because they were so, and this is something I come back to over and over again. Um, I had Andrew Clavin on my podcast um, about a year ago and he said something that has just stuck with me uh, for a year because I think it's so true. The right is so obsessed with creating role models that kind of what you were saying, Amy, um, they're not, um, they're not, they're not in touch with the darker side of human nature. And so it's impossible. They're like, they want to put out something with role models. And that's very much what this was, right? This guy is freaking perfect. He doesn't confront, Any kind of there's no moral conflict between him leaving his five or six children and his wife and going halfway around the world and risking his life multiple times um, to save this girl he's never met. I'm not even saying that that's a bad decision. I'm saying any any actual human being would have a conflict with that. They would wonder, like, Mm -hmm. you know, am I risking orphaning my own children to do this? Mm. Right? that That's a real... And if they had shown that, I think the
2: movie would have been so much more powerful. So they gave if Tim they had Ballard... Shown that. They gave him the lead character in Son of Freedom. They gave him the Mary Sue treatment. Is what you're saying. What like, that's exactly perfect. Like that? I mean, Look, I don't know. I, I don't know the guy.
0: Like, maybe he's actually like that. But it, in terms of realism and, and being a believable piece of art about a horrible thing that's happening in the world, hmm. that kind of Pollyanna style gloss on top of it it made it to me it made it just not actually reflective of the phenomenon like that is not a dark enough movie for the darkness of what they're depicting and i realize that there are limits there and and there's, there's there's sort of an other side of this where it becomes exploitative in itself to depict like in in sort of a licentious way to depict what might be reality Um, and I'm not even advocating for that. So I I don't think they needed to show anything, you know, licentious or anything like that with children. I definitely don't think that, but they don't even grapple with some of the, like what being around that kind of darkness does to your soul. I don't know. I have another example in the same vein. Have either of you seen Eastern promises? Yes. I like that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that the scene, I love that movie. I mean, it's not, it's not a fantastic movie, but it's like sort of the movie I always watch when I am sick. You know what I mean? Like, I, I love watching that movie. Um, and the scene where he goes in. So like he, there's a moment where, uh, he has to prove himself. He's this informant. Right. Um, and he has a choice between taking down, uh, taking down essentially the Russian mob and this, this particular crime family, um, but in order to prove himself, like he has to choose one of the prostitutes in a stable. Um, and they're all like 16, right? Or or younger. And so he has to prove himself and he has to like struggle with whether he ought to do this or what he should do. Like what's the greater good? Um, and I think that's the only moment of Sound of Freedom that I actually thought was really good uh was the i can't remember his name but the character who's the um he's he's like the former cartel guy who now buys kids out of the sex trade and tries to rescue them and Mm -hmm. he talks about this moment where he was um you know just just trolling for a prostitute and um he assumes the girl is 20 or 25 um and then she has like and again, spoilers, but she has like little painted pink smiley faces or whatever on her toenails. And he realizes, no, she's a lot younger than that. Um, And he's horrified by himself, by what he's done, what like what life he's been living. And he decides and he actually has a moment with God. Right. He, he has like a confrontational moment with God. And actually, it's funny because every few years, one of these Christian movies comes along and it does big box office numbers because there's such a thirsty market for this. Um, like Hollywood is not making movies for half of America. Um, and so it does really big box office numbers, but it has very little impact on the culture at large. I think the exception is the passion, right? Cause it's done by people who actually know what they were doing. But honestly, they tried to stay away from religion in this movie, except for that one moment or passing references. And, in some sense, I think they're learning from the past and saying, like, oh, we can't do sort of a quote-unquote Jesus movie. But it made the actions of the characters inexplicable, right? Mm, If there was a scene where this guy, Tim Ballard, was on his knees, like, should I leave my six children to go rescue this other child, you know, Mm -hmm. in South America, and he, you know, he's talking to God about that question, it actually would have been more realistic. But it's to. Push out that aspect of it and not depict it, they actually made it worse. And I'm saying this as somebody I'm obviously I'm not a Christian, right? But you have to make a character that's believable. You have to give them the motivations that somebody would actually have. And from what I've read, the motivation of this guy in real life is his abiding faith and the motivation of his wife who sends her sends her husband, you know, halfway around the world into places he might die and and widow
2: her is
0: faith well then you have to depict that because otherwise it just makes no fucking sense
2: that's interesting what is amy doing amy's amy's bearing a body on the other yeah i I hear a lot of perfect dramatic uh glass crash on on. (laughs) she's mixing some martinis sound of freedom um and that's weird inez because um jim Cavizal and the producer and the director who I know. They're hardcore conservative Catholics, like hardcore, like, you know, Mel Gibson is in that posse. Like they're, they're full blown, you know, hardcore devout Catholics. So I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't double down on that. Maybe they were trying to like, you know, not be quote heavy handed with like Christian stuff, like, which I get. Um, But if it's genuine, like that's okay to make a Jesus movie. If it's like fully genuine And you're not trying to be a missionary and proselytize. And it could be then then it's cringe.
0: Well, you just fundamentally, you have to have an explanation for why people behave. And it has to have an explanation for what people do that actually resonates in real life. Right. Otherwise, it just becomes schlocky and unbelievable and and sort of glossy and fake. You know, I
2: think I say one thing we need to make a movie that's a pinch of sound of freedom a pinch of barbie it's called the sound of barbie
1: (laughs) (laughs) look can i also one thing i want to throw in there is that i can't help but think that sometimes like what ends up having an element of like um more sort of traditional values but is um very much actually incorporates kind of the anti-hero or the darker side of humanity is something like the Sopranos. So, I think it's when we end up seeing these sort of more Christian, like these Christian oriented, like big blockbuster films that don't have any of the complicated, like darker side of humanity, they end up sort of just landing a bit two dimensionally. Whereas you look at something like The Sopranos, where obviously, like, you have the anti hero character who is like, you know, does a whole bunch of horrible things. But you're also still incorporating in there a lot of very traditional, like family-oriented, patriarchal values as well, and I think like that's probably one of the few that has managed to do that in recent years. Um, and I wonder whether a lot of the people on the right are sort of more, um, they're sort of more upstanding, and so they'd prefer not to depict that kind of like, you know, hardcore like immoral aspect but i think that sort of creates a far more three-dimensional set
0: of characters and it actually resonates differently so i i guess i'm more in the middle on this in the sense that i i do think that our obsession with the anti-hero like i love me a yeah that can be a bit too, it, yeah, when it goes too, go far, yeah. too far and it yeah. seems like almost sometimes these prestige series especially from hbo or whatever are a yeah. competition to make you like the worst person in the world, you know? Yeah, true, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, um, and, like Breaking
0: Bad type bullshit. It's yeah. Like just yeah. pushing I, it. I, yeah. I like Breaking Bad and I think it's it's a good show Um, and it's compelling. But also, you know, th- there are, like, even if you go backwards in time right to the 40s, for example, I don't even want to talk about the 50s, but um, the 40s, right, like Humphrey Bogart movies, he often oh, yeah, plays a <laughs> not, like, not perfect would be an overstatement right like Uh somewhat dark characters but it's not fully in that anti-hero tradition so we don't even have to go the full anti-hero i i think the anti-hero stuff is great and i like it um it it does say something about our culture that the only good stuff we can make is anti-hero stuff and i think that's like a really interesting phenomenon that maybe we can discuss but but like it's possible to make a movie that actually does happen. I'm I'm a big fan of Westerns. So like old Westerns and those mm-hmm. are very morally black and white, but the best versions of Westerns are the moral universe is black and white, but the characters are gray.
2: Right. And yeah. I was very- just talking about this with someone who a close friend of mine is a filmmaker and he has a movie coming out this fall about a cop, an LAPD cop. And we were trying to figure out ways to like market it. And he's fully based, and he's sort of, like, operating in Hollywood, but you know, without revealing that he's, like, a, you know, right-wing extremist. his power level, yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. But the movie he made specifically to be kind of subtly based, like, pro-cop, like, this heroic guy Good. flawed and whatever. And we were trying that to is put together... I'm sorry. That's yeah. what we need. Yes, yeah, exactly. And how that character himself is imperfect. He is not a Mary Sue. He is not perfect superhero. We all just, it's all superheroes. He's, he's flawed. He's imperfect. He has a bro- he's broken in some way. And I started realizing talking to him about this, that cop movies are just modern day Westerns, you know, dirty Harry, the cop is dirty Harry, the like cowboy or whatever, with these like, kind of like, you know, kind of uh, checkered pasts and they, you know, the searchers, John Wayne is the classic, you know, cowboy hero, but with a, you know, dark past. And yes, we don't want heroes who are black, who are black and white, all good, all evil. No human being is like that. And the best movies, the only movies that really resonate are movies where it's like, where they reflect each person's own flaws and sins and whatever. And they're trying to, trying to do the right thing, you know, trying to do the right thing. And it was so interesting and we need more and he was and his thing was my, my friend the director he's like there's no more cop movies cop movies used to be hollywood's you know the new western with was, was the That's was so the true. was the bread and butter you would sell you could sell a cop movie you could sell diehard in china you could sell diehard in africa you could sell diehard anywhere in the world finland doesn't matter crocodiles Dundee." is is a cop movie <laughs> you know I mean? a cop There's movie? A spectrum from like <laughs> you know taxi
0: driver to that's the, right to i'm not saying every movie has to be a cinematic masterpiece i just it has to interact with something real i mean it's cliche to say uh you know that the line between good and evil runs down every human heart but that's really what it is and oh, i true. don't like yeah that's obviously true and I don't like quote unquote right wing art that doesn't grapple with that fact, yeah, like exactly. the fact that the, the hero does a good thing means nothing if he has no bad impulses.
1: That's right, exactly. It's like you're not actually brave if
0: you' if you don't like
1: bravery doesn't mean that you don't feel fear. It means that you feel it and you confront it and you like triumph above it.
2: Yeah, this is well. You guys are both converting to Catholicism apparently because it's all about every what day. Like- converting. I'm a cradle Catholic. <laughs> like, are so you? There you go. Yes. Got to fight temptation every day. You know, cradle Catholic. To- Don't you dare tell me with that convert, brush, uh-huh. please. Ah. Uh-huh. Amy <laughs> is the real, the real uh, religious fundamentalist of us. Or like, right. I, you know, Solzhenitsyn is Catholic education. education.
1: Wow. Quote, okay, you don't have to be a
0: Catholic. You can just be Solzhenitsyn.
2: True. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. True.
0: <laughs> but, but you should be a Catholic.
2: Yeah, you know, it it helps. What can I say?
0: <laughs> um, but yeah we the need rest to- the rest of the episodes of this
2: podcast are going to be my R- <laughs> what is it called rcia <laughs> rcia yeah <laughs> the wrestling episodes <laughs> 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 i can't see you know, rcia was the, i had to go through rcia amy luckily didn't but that was like, it's like when you become an adult convert, you have to go to class. So it's like once a week at the parish hall, you go to your class.
1: That's like we did for reconciliation or communion. Right. Right. Right.
2: It's it. I mean, mine was luckily my, like the teacher was like pretty base. He was pretty devout, but like, you know, the priest would come in and he would talk to us. And our priest was, our local priest was like, Like you know, to say he was flaming, like he was flaming, like the surface of the sun, like he was flaming. Oh my god! Really? Oh yeah. He'd be like, "Hello!" Like he sounded like Liberace. Like, "How are you?"
1: (laughs) It was well well known.
2: (laughs) It was well known that he like had his boyfriend at the rectory. You know? Oh my god! Oh yeah. That's outrageous. You know, God forbid you'd want to judge him, Amy. Come on. So I, I judge. That's (laughs) That's right. <laughs> that's like LA. Needs you a know, come back. The judgment LA needs Catholic. a comeback. That's right. I mean, you know, for that Paris general, lives. God gives. It's not like my job. Hieronymus Bosch
0: needs a comeback. Okay, <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of the right-wing artistic movement, right? Exactly. Yeah, like, it, I don't know who tells people not to, like not to be judgmental. We can burn this nonsense
2: now. <laughs> yeah, let's that's right. Make, that's let's make a, a movie about creative ways. Just, uh, just like a 90-minute movie of like us feeding pedophiles into a wood chipper. What about that? <laughs> that sounds good. I'm here for it. That's all, That's all that it is. is.
0: That's all it well, is. I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think it's a better idea than Sound of freedom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to feed them into wood chippers. We're going to throw them out of helicopters. We're just going to yeah, show. It's all just act- a bit too subtle. We just want public executions for an hour and a half. It's vigilante style <laughs> justice on those right. who, who harm harm children. I mean, I think we can all get behind that message, right? We really can. We really can. <laughs> Let's start <laughs>
1: with uh, like the Democrat representatives. We're
2: going to bring America yeah. together. We're
1: yeah. going to bring the, gonna, bring a if, country if, if together on brings this. brings us together.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dems it's like the one group develop.
1: you're still allowed to hate is pedophiles.
0: Well, I mean, except for teachers on TikTok. Yeah, well, no <laughs> need to talk about that. How dare you?
2: All right, anything else to talk about on episode one?
1: Mm, I think that's about. Oh, I mean, what? Are what do we have? What are we hoping to achieve with the podcast? Anything specific? Anything yes. that we?
2: to save Western civilization. I thought. I thought golf. we talked about this. <laughs> 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 no we're gonna we're gonna and and build morale we're gonna build morale among build our morale. that's right listeners yeah. we're gonna entertain and maybe you know i don't know attract more followers to our cause awesome yeah i guess i guess that's a good good moment
0: to wrap up on uh, I guess it falls to me to be the again, the like sort of MC serious announcer and say this the pot of the Valkyries with uh, with Peachy Keenan, Amy Therese and, you know, and, uh, We hope you come back for the next one. Uh, we're doing it. Regardless That's because right. We're having a great time. That's right. That's Absolutely. right.
2: We'll be back
0: next week. See you okay. next time. Bye. Bye.
1: Okay, it's still recording, but it doesn't matter. I know I'll, yeah, I don't know do where we, to cut how do
0: on. we yeah.